Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Who Day Talk. Uh, Brandon and Jay here. We got a lot to talk about this week. Uh, start off with the Bengals Saints game and the disaster that it was. What did you think? I actually think this was the best game of the year, and I'll explain that in a couple of minutes when we change over to Terrell Lawson. But yeah, the game we was got pretty hot takes. We got hot takes today. Yeah, yeah, it'll make sense in a minute. I promise. But anyway, yeah, the game was a disaster. Uh, just. Like, we're going to give the defense a lot of crap in a minute. So, I'm going to start off with the offense. It was just not good. The first drive was kind of the typical Bengals choking drive. Like, they'll start off strong, give us a little hope, then just fall apart. That's what happened. Like, the first drive was really creative. Saw some good plays. Uh, I love how Ross scored his touchdown on the drag around the end zone. That is the perfect way to use his speed down there. Then just – Everything went downhill after that. Uh, Clint Bowling, who's obviously our best lineman, had, was playing like our worst lineman. He had one of his worst games I can really remember. Uh, the whole interior of the offensive line did not play well. Uh, Hopkins seemed to struggle a little at right guard. Price did not do all that well. Hart and Glenn, neither did great about it, but I think they might have been our best linemen. I could be wrong. I need to rewatch Hopkins a little more. I mean, it doesn't really matter at this point. Like, I mean, the game was I, – I don't think anyone really played well in that game. I mean, I can't think of one – any person or any player that had a good game, really. I mean – Mixon could have had a good game, but just laser failed to utilize him after that first drive, even though he was averaging 5.5 yards per carry. That – that see, I don't think Laser should be like fire or anything, but I do think it's a red flag how inconsistent Laser can be. There's times where he looks like he's a genius, like the Atlanta game, but there's just times where I ask if he knows what he's doing because why would you take Mixon out of the game? Like I get we want to put Geo in a little, get him smooth back in, but Mixon was easily our best offensive player. We just failed to utilize him. Yeah, the, I, I don't know what drive it was, but it was one of the first drives when the game was so – uh, very close and reachable distance, and it was I believe it was third and two, and Mixon was in uh, on the previous play, and they subbed him out for Gio Bernard, and they ran the ball right up the middle with Gio Bernard, and that that didn't sit well with me. Uh, Mixon's our bigger back, he's our power back, and yes, I know he's more of a zone back, but in that situation, I think you've got to give that ball to your bigger back. And I know I've been kind of shaky on this since the preseason because in the preseason I said that uh, uh, Gio was our best in between the tackles back. But lately it's been mixed, and I think you got to roll with the hot hand. And that just didn't sit well with me. Running Gio up the middle like that, it just – I think from that's, that's when the that's when the climax was. That's when it started going downhill. Yeah, because then there was the fourth and one – which we were going to go for a Langle jump, make it fourth and six, and we punted. Yeah, yep, yep. It was, it was just kind of a bullshit show. I mean, yeah, the defense didn't play good. I mean, the only good thing that came out of it, in my opinion, was the firing of Terrell Austin. But yeah, that's actually. And before we talk about Austin, I do think Ross played well for what Ross he, did play well. I, yeah, I take back my previous statement. Ross did have a good game for him. Yeah. He played 84% of snaps, I believe it was. Uh, he got open multiple times. There was like a fourth and I forget, but Dalton just completely missed the throw to him when he was wide open on a dig route. He was, And some of the deep shots we saw, we just couldn't connect. He was beating his guy like on before half. 
Ross had Apple, I think it was, in coverage B. Dalton just made a horrible throw. But, yeah, Ross was doing what we want him to do. We just couldn't get him the ball. Yeah, Ross played well. I did see the same thing that we've seen out of him all year and even last year where he stopped running his route. But, uh, I mean, he's getting there. He's – he his uh, – what's the word? His, physically, he's getting up to speed. He's His instincts are kind of kicking in a little more than they – and they have in recent uh, games and even last year. Uh, confidence is rising. His confidence is rising. I don't. I think most of it is just he's getting used to it. It's slowing down a little bit for him. And, yes, the mental mistakes are going to happen still. I don't think that's going to be worked out with reps in time. But right now, physically, I, I think he's getting more acclimated. And I think we can expect a little more from him next week against the Ravens. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to need him. Yeah, for sure. No A.J. Green. Uh I believe I mean we're still we're still relatively injured a relatively injured team right now. Um we're one of the most banged up teams in the NFL right now. Yeah, it's not it's not too great. I mean we're it's gonna be a I I, I personally I think it's gonna end up being a shootout. I think Lamar Jackson's gonna have a, a great game. I'm actually gonna disagree there, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. Um so I guess we we can talk about post game. Um so I guess what first happened was William Jackson kind of came out and he kind of had some words. Uh, he he was asked, "What was the question? Do you remember the question? Why can the defense disrupt Drew Brees?" Yeah, and then he to that he said, "I don't know. I'm not a linebacker, or a defensive lineman." I thought it was pretty funny, but yeah, I thought it was funny, and I don't think I think that kind of came out wrong for what he meant. I think it was after the game he was frustrated. He and I just think he really meant as I don't know. I yeah, I You're kind asking. of agree on that. Like I know uh who was it on Twitter? Kat Terrell, she was she said that she didn't that the response didn't sit well with her. And when I read it through, I to me it sounded more like like I'm not a defensive lineman or a linebacker. That's their job to pressure the quarterback. Like I wouldn't know. Like I don't think he's saying like they sucked at it as them. I think he was saying like my job's to cover, not to pressure. Yeah, and actually, I think William Jackson played well. According to PFF, he only gave up 24 yards in the touchdown. That shouldn't have been a touchdown. Yeah, well, I don't want to say it shouldn't have been a touchdown. I just I think it was a great play. I think. Oh, there was a definite camera angle. I don't know if you saw, but you can check it on my story on Instagram, Bengals underscore NFL. The ball did hit the ground. There was a clear camera shot really? of it. I, I'll – I'll post it on Twitter and I'll share it with you after. The ball definitely did hit the okay. ground. Okay, so yeah, so William Jackson, I guess he did have a good game. I didn't. I I really I'm I'm gonna be honest. I stopped watching after the third quarter. I was kind of done. I almost stopped watching after halftime. Uh, it was pointless. It was, it was pointless. I was pissed off. I had a midterm to study for. I <laughs> I wasn't priorities. Yeah. So yeah, priorities exactly. Um, but yeah, it was just it was a whole shit show. I mean. I mean, you heard about my William Jackson. Yeah, he said those things. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Not going to like create a locker room issue. No. There is. He can just easily explain what he meant. They're professionals. Right. Exactly. And I. Yeah. I. It's not that big of a deal to me. Um. Yeah. I get his frustration. I mean, he did his job. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. And then after after all that, the next day we found out that Terrell Austin was he was fired. And as a result of that, two things happened. Um, Marvin Lewis is now going to be 
the defensive coordinator. He's going to be calling defensive plays. And let's start on that because I think that's interesting because the last time he did this, he had a – I believe he led a defense that averaged – only allowed like 11 points a game. Yeah. That, this, well, given this was like 18 years ago or something crazy yeah. like that. But Yeah, but he was like the – considered the best defensive coordinator kind of during his defensive coordinating tenure. He was the defensive coordinator when the Ravens won the Super Bowl. He was considered a defensive mastermind. And really, when you look at who was going to take over the defensive coordinating spot realistically, it was going to be either Marvin or somebody in the positions group. And would have been Hazlitt. No, yeah, Hazlitt. He would have been an awful I don't choice. know about that. I don't, I'm not one to – I don't think – it's kind of like, and I don't mean, I don't. It's kind of like off, like coordinators to head coaching. Like just because you're a good coordinator doesn't make you a good head coach. I think it go, I mean, kind of goes the same way. Just because you're a bad position coach doesn't make you a bad uh, play caller. I I don't think those two are related. It would have been interesting because he does have experience as a defensive coordinator. I believe uh, would have yeah, been with that's it. Why I thought he was going to get it, but I was talking to some older Saints and Redskins fans. They said no, he's horrible. Really? Okay. Here's the reason why he got fired pretty quickly from both Redskins and Saints. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that maybe that is the case. I don't know enough about Jim Hazlitt's career to make an educated comment on that. But uh, I mean, yes, Marvin was a great play caller 20 years ago. I it, see the thing with the thing that doesn't sit well with me is we know Marvin. He doesn't adjust. That's that's why he's. That's why we're mediocre. That's why we've been mediocre for the past 18 years. And the fact that he doesn't adjust worries me because a lot of – I mean, the game isn't the same way – the game isn't the same in now as it was in 2000. I mean, it's been 18 years. A lot of things have changed. Defenses aren't as dominant. It's just that's fact. Now most defenses are more bend, don't break. I mean, a lot, of, a lot has changed. I don't know how connected he was with the defensive side of the ball. Um, in the last 18 years, I don't know how much of a say he's had, but I mean, that's something we have to take into account. Yeah, I'm not expecting this defense to suddenly become great. I don't really expect it to be that much improved, but the way I look at it, I'm going to kind of look at it as a glass half full. It literally can't get any worse. Right, exactly. I mean, yeah, Terrell Austin, 500 yards in three straight games. That's an NFL, that's an NFL record. No defense has ever given up 500 plus yards in three straight games. That's a fact. Could have easily been four four straight games. We we're 19 yards away from that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's absolutely absurd. Um, I I don't even know. I, I can't even express my disgust towards it. I mean, it's terrible. Uh, it doesn't really. It doesn't make a lot of. I don't know. It's to me. It's just go ahead. Speechless. Yeah, I'm speechless, honestly. <laughs> yeah, and actually, kind of when I started off the podcast, was this was the best game ever. Kind of said that as a joke, but also, from the start, we even if we had Green, we were a healthy team, we were never going to beat the Saints. And no. honestly, this was a close game. I doubt Austin gets fired. So, may, if blowing out, getting blown out, and giving up 50 points is what it takes to get Austin to get fired, I would have honestly much rather that happened than keep it close and no coaching oh, yeah. changes happen. Oh, I completely agree. If we would have scored 35 points, I, Austin would still have his job today. No doubt. No doubt in my mind. I I think the Bengals care. This is kind of shifted, but like they went from not giving a hell what the fan base thinks to only acting 
to acting how do I explain it? They used to not give a shit about what we think. Now they're worried about ticket sales, I believe, and that's why they're kind of going a little more like being a little more proactive. But had we only lost but had it been like whatever final score is fifty one to fourteen. Fifty one fourteen. Had the final score been fifty one to forty nine, guarantee guaranteed Terrell Austin still has his job today. I guarantee it. Just because it, it's it doesn't look as bad in the eyes of the public. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of what I meant, kind of a joke, but at the same time, like we were never going to win easily, so might as well get blown out and make the necessary coaches changes. That's going to help us down the Right, road. for sure, yeah. So, yeah. So speaking of it, since we're talking about coaching changes, let's talk about Hugh Jackson coming as an assistant to, not assistant head coach, assistant to the head coach. Uh, not emphasize that. It's special assistant to the head coach. Thank you. Oh, no, shut up, Michael. Michael Scott, I have to specify that. I'm just kidding. I'm an office geek, so I had a good laugh at that. But how do you feel about this? I I like it, but I that comes with a condition. I like it as long as Hugh Jackson has no chance at becoming the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals ever. Yes, that's zero chance. Five. Absolutely zero chance. If, if Mike Ryan acknowledges that this guy is not our next head coach no matter what, Oh, yeah, no matter what, then I'm a, I love the hire. I think it's great. I don't think it can go wrong. I mean, Hugh Jackson, he's a very – he's a quarterback whisperer in a certain role, obviously. And obviously, he didn't do that well in Cleveland. But in Cincinnati, he completely turned around Andy Dalton's career. Um, and I think that's – Andy Dalton needs some of that right now. I also think that while he isn't going to be play calling, I believe that he can be a great play caller again like he was in 2015. And at the very least, he can provide some insight to Bo Lazor um, on final stuff. And I I don't see this being a bad thing, as long as he doesn't become the next head coach, obviously. But with Marvin Lewis moving to the defensive side of the ball, there's going to be kind of a void left on the offensive side of the ball. And I think Hugh Jackson kind of fills that pretty well. Yep, exactly. And I have my same exact thoughts. And I think we should talk about possible head coach him become the head coach after we finish this but yeah i'm with you i mean his best specific role is technically going to scout other offenses and kind of give insight to marvin but you know damn well that he's going to do more than that he's going to be around andy a lot he's going to help with the offense because we because the offense needs it he he might go up to laser be like hey dumbass mixon's rolling keep giving him the ball (laughs) Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. Just because, I mean, Hugh Jackson has always been kind of more of a pass-first coordinator. But, I mean, yeah, something like that. Uh, I know it was reported that he would be working on the defensive side of the ball, like you said, kind of scouting the other offenses, getting them ready for what they're going to see. And I think a lot of that is deals with the fact that we're playing the Browns in the next two weeks. I don't think that's why they hired him. I think that those are going to be the two main weeks that he's going to be with the defense. But – I think generally they say he's going to be working on the defensive side of the ball. I, I think he's going to end up more on the offensive side of the ball, especially if the offense continue, continues to struggle like it has. Yeah, absolutely. He's just – and there's a solid difference between coordinator and head coach. And a lot of people are laughing at us to make this higher, but people forget how great of an assistant he's been. Like head coaching is obviously not for him, but assistant, he's always been great, especially here in Cincinnati. So – like, he's going to do what we ask him to do. He's going to do a good job of it. 
Yeah, and I do want to talk, touch on that. I don't want to say that he is he. I mean, yes, he was a great coordinator in 2015, but overall, he he hasn't been an excellent coordinator. I mean, he coordinated one of the best offenses, one of the best offensive rosters of like for the last decade, and that that kind of inflated his. Not, I don't want to say resume, but it inflated what he really did and what he really contributed to the team. And if you look at 2014 and 2016, or not 2016, was he with us in 2016? I think he was. Right? Uh, no, no, that was his no. first year in Cleveland. That, okay, so so 2014 and 2015, if you compare them, you'll see that 2014, it was not nearly as good as 2015. Yeah. My counter argument to that, though, is we had so many injuries that year. We did, yes, but I 2014 was that the year of Andy's thumb? No, that was 2015 actually. No, so that's yeah, funny. we had Green out, Eifert out, uh, Marvin Jones. I'm pretty sure Geo, yeah, Geo was out. Bob Sinu was our number one wide receiver. In 2014, though, we still had Gresham. Yeah, that's right. I never really liked Gresham though. I never thought I, he was that good. I never really hated him. I, I didn't hate kind, him. Kind of but he was player. overrated. I, he made a Pro Bowl. I, I don't know if that was 2012 or 2013. Or maybe it was 2010. I, he made a Pro Bowl at some point, and he had a pretty good year. Um, but in 2013, I believe we still had, I think Kyle Cook was our center. Uh, yes. Kyle oh, Cook. And then we, at 2013, we would have had Zeitler starting at right guard. It was, he was a rookie. Uh, was, was Whitworth at left guard that year? Or would... I'm pretty sure he was left tackle. Left tackle, and then Bowling would have been at left guard. So, yeah, I mean, we had a decent team. It's just what, – what, what did A.J. have that year? Was A.J. injured that much? Yeah, I mean, he missed, like, the last – what happened oh, yeah, is he you're missed, right. like, you're six right. games he with the turf it. toe, then he missed the last game in the playoff game. Yeah, yeah, not, now that – yeah, I remember that now. What is with A.J. Green and turf toe? I, he, he's had it, like, three times. I don't know. It's it's. I feel like that's something once you get – it becomes – vulnerable to get again and I saw the replay of the play he did kind of land on it funky it just just might be a weak part of his body everybody has a certain weak spot if they like it or not that just might be his I don't know Um, around the NFL uh, Steelers blew out the Panthers Um, that's a little frightening yeah scared me a little bit not gonna lie Um, I believe the Ravens what did the Ravens do? They they had the bye week. Yeah, they had their bye week. Browns won versus yeah, the they, Falcons. They looked like a national NFL team. Yeah, I know. I saw. I saw. I didn't get to watch the whole game. I watched about a quarter and a half. I was at uh, Roosters yeah. since Fox was showing the Browns game over the Bengals, which ended up being the right decision. But I saw bits and pieces of it. I was at uh, B Dubs, but yeah, I mean. <sighs> They were okay. I mean, I, I'm, not worried, I'm definitely much more worried about the Steelers just because the Browns, I mean, we've had their number. I mean, everyone's had their number, obviously. But I don't. I think we match up a little better against the Browns than we do the Steelers, and I think the Steelers are obviously the better team. Yeah. yeah and also, you got to remember, I kind of just said, Falcons are not that good on the road. They're such a better team at home. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the – kind of like Big Ben – on his home away splits. He's been a lot better this year though. Big Ben, uh don't don't sleep on Big Ben on uh 
in away games this year. I don't think he there's been any drop off at all mm-hmm. this year. Um, which I thought was kind of strange, but I mean it is what it is. Uh, we forgot one thing: Le'Veon Bell, 4 p.m. passed by. He didn't report. He's out for the season now. Uh, James Conner is officially the starting running back of the Pittsburgh Steelers. What do you think? Honestly, from the Steelers' standpoint, this is probably the best move because if Bell did yeah. come back, that's he obviously has a beef with his offensive lineman. There was going to be a lot of drama. And Steelers are cut like last year. I honestly think talent wise, Steelers had it to go to the Super Bowl, but drama brought them down. So the more drama they can avoid, the better they'll be in the long run. Yeah. And I mean, another thing to mention is Le'Veon Bell makes more in one game than James Conner makes all year. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. But um, I just don't, as for us, for the Bengals, I think it hurts us. Um, just because we are bad against, we're, we have a bad run defense to put it pretty bland. We're, yeah, we're going to get uh, murdered by it, but whoever. I think Le'Veon Bell, yes, he was a killer on us. I think James Conner is a little bit of a better runner behind that line, and I think, I mean, we've always struggled versus like receiving backs, but I think, I think we struggle more against like actual like. I think we we have a worse run defense than we do a pass defense in the flats. Um, so I I mean it's not a huge difference. Obviously, they're both great players, but I think we're gonna see a little bit of a uh, decline in that category just because James Conner is a better runner. Yeah, I agree there. What a we disagreed a bit about how Lamar is going to play this week against us. So let's talk about that before we end this episode. I personally, we have always struggled against running running quarterbacks. I could definitely see Lamar Jackson going, having two rushing touchdowns on us. And he's not the best thrower, but I can see him throwing for one. And then I can see this uh, Alex Collins or whoever the running back. I think Alex Collins is questionable right now. But whoever the running back is, uh, I think they can get one or two on us just because we have a pretty shitty run defense. So I, I think their, their floor is pretty high. Uh offensively the Ravens that is um so I think it's going to be a higher scoring game I think it could be high scoring my thing with Lamar is in preseason he looked horrible passing the ball like I think he can become a very good quarterback but he's one of those guys going to take time and like you see what if you really want to if you watched all his highlights in the preseason 95% of it was running. Miles, this is going to sound really basic, but if you load the box, make him throw, he does, for a scrambling quarterback, he does not throw well under pressure. When the pocket collapses, he panics. So if you load that box, don't let him go anywhere, make him throw. I think that's putting the defense in the best situation to win. I have two things on that. Uh, I don't think loading the box is going to help, per se, just because the way we – the way we generally load the box, we kind of stack the interior, and I think Lamar Jackson's able just to scramble to the outside and get a first down. I mean, I've seen that happen to us all year in the past three years. I mean, whatever. That that's I've seen this can be a consistent thing with us where we try and do what you just said, stack the box against running quarterbacks, and they just wheel it out. They scramble, get the first down, sometimes even get a touchdown. Uh, it's just I don't agree with stacking the box. I think that – the way to beat a running quarterback for a team like us is to throw a blitzer and one blitzer and then uh, 
contain the outsides with our defensive ends and then put because I mean like you said Lamar Jackson he's the best there so I think keeping as many in coverage as you can is is best just because that that's going to make it more complicated for a quarterback like that um the one thing I, I do worry about with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens in general is their use of tight ends uh when we played them I believe it was whatever it was in the beginning of the week season two. week two um they used all three of their tight ends. And I don't know if Hayden Hurst is – He has not been doing that well this year. He might be out this week. That's that's what, I'm, that's what I was getting at. Uh, I don't know if he's hurt. I know he was hurt recently. I don't know if he's going to be back this week or not. But I believe they're out one tight end uh, even in week two. So they're very deep at tight end. And we obviously have the worst linebackers in the league. And that's kind of where my worry gets at, where I get a little bit worried. Because, um, I mean, tight ends are obviously – favorite target of rookie quarterbacks so if Lamar Jackson is feeling some pressure he might just throw it to that open tight end because I mean that tight end will be open Mark don't don't get trust me that tight end is going to be open I mean he can't cover crap so yeah I'm I mean Mark Andrews he's a very good tight end I was very high on him coming out Hayden Hurts not so much but he was still a first round pick yeah he's somebody who like I I forget if he went if he went after we took Jefferson that I really wish we would have taken him instead of Jefferson. Oh no 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 Mark Andrews was taken in the fourth round I believe. Oh, I thought it was like the very, one of the very last picks in the third round. I'm, I'm almost two. I'll look it up right now, but I'm almost positive uh, he was taken early round four. Uh, that um, pisses me off more than. Yeah, it was. He was taken. Okay, so he was taking 86, so you might have been right. Yeah, yeah, that's third round, but so, that's still yeah, after we t- picked Jefferson. Yeah, so we could have taken him. Uh, I don't he's, – he's someone I was very high on for sure. I think I think the Ravens are going to give us a little bit of trouble. Um, I'm, I know last game last, – last time we played them, we kind of got the better of them offensively. Um, 21 of our points that game came from A.J. Green. So I don't, I'm not really confident that Tyler Boyd and John Ross can replicate that those three touchdowns, um, especially now that they're probably gonna have Mosley back. Remember in week two, Mosley left. I believe it was in the first quarter. Yeah, yeah, it hurt like the, our second drive. Yeah, he left in the first quarter, and that kind of I mean, that certainly helped us a lot. We were able to run our offense to the slot a lot more once he got out of the game. He's gonna be back. I don't think they have any other major injuries other than Joe Flacco, which. I mean, I don't know. I I think they're better off with Lamar Jackson versus us than Joe Flacco. But, I mean, they've never really been strong at wide receivers. So, even if they had injuries there, I don't know if it would make a huge difference. Yeah. John Brown's been pretty solid for them. but Oh, he's been we, great this year. Yeah, but if we just do what we're supposed to – I was really upset when William Jackson wasn't shadowing Michael Thomas. I really – I hope Marvin has someone in the brain who keeps – William Jackson on John Brown because Kirkpatrick against Brown is just not a good matchup. I, I, I think that Saints game is a game that I think I would have liked to see. Um, I would have liked to see them not shadow so much, just because I don't think either of them matches up particularly well with Michael Thomas or uh, it would have been Traquan Smith on the other side. Yeah, I think. I mean, Traquan Smith is obviously the faster wide receiver, but I think he's also a lot easier to cover. So I don't think there was really that great of a matchup. So I think that was a game where I would have liked to see them kind of like stay on their one sides. But 
I mean, because Michael Jackson, not Michael Jackson, sorry. <laughs> William Jackson doesn't really match up that well to Michael Thomas. Uh, Michael Thomas is a bigger guy. He's not as fast. Um, he's kind. He kind of plays phys- more physical than than what William Jackson is a trip. Like what he's good at. He William Jackson's a quicker corner. He's a bump and run kind of guy. And I don't know if he'd be able to keep up with Michael Thomas physically. Uh, Jake or Patrick, however, he's a slower corner, pretty, a lot more physical, more length. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of my take on it. But versus the Ravens, I'd like to see William Jackson on John Brown all game. Uh, Jake or Patrick, preferably on – is Crabtree still hurt? I think Crabtree's playing. Crabtree's playing. So, then, yeah, I'd like to see Jake or Patrick on Crabtree. Um but yeah, I mean, he has been struggling this year. Like against the Browns when the Ravens played them a couple weeks ago, Crabtree dropped a couple passes, one of them which should have been the game-winning touchdown. Yeah, I I completely yeah. expect um our outside corners to ball out. Um, just because I think the Ravens are going to try and run it through the middle, run run their offense through the middle. Um, and if I had to make a prediction right now, uh, I I think we're going to end up. I, it hurts me to say it's it's hard to say just because yes Lamar Jackson's a rookie quarterback yes I know traditionally the rookie quarterbacks don't do good in their first game but he's a running quarterback and I think that that's kind of the deal breaker for me so I'm I think we lose a close game uh I want I'm gonna call it 21 to 20 21 to 20 um but yeah I mean you know AJ Green offensive line underperformed last game that's kind of how I see it I think I think we'll get the win. I know past couple of years the series has been tied of one and one, but I feel like ultimately there's been a couple of teams that Marvin seems to have the upper hand. I feel like he has the upper hand on Harbaugh. He just I don't know what it is, but Marvin just seems extremely well prepared against the Ravens, and so I think we can pull it out. Lamar being a running quarterback does concern me. Something that you did brought up earlier with the what should do is like just blitz one guy at a time. If I think if our defensive line performs like how they should be, I think that's exactly what we should do. But with them underperforming, that's a bit of a red flag for me. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Um I think that's all we got to talk about today. Uh kind of covered everything we covered next week's matchup, last week, coaching changes. Um we were not able to get to uh, uh scouting the cornerbacks this week. I had a midterm. That's on me. Braden was prepared. He has he has his guys already. Uh, I had to study for my midterm. So sorry about that, guys. Next week, I promise I will have them done. Uh, we're gonna go over. We have four cornerback prospects right now. I'm I kind of want to add a little more just so I feel like I'm not too I'm not slacking too much. But uh, yeah, I'll I'll get those for you guys next week. Um, one other thing. Uh, my top 50 big board um, has been finished. Uh, me and nine of my other friends that are kind of into scouting too. Um, very good guys. Very good at what they do. Uh, we created a consensus big board top 50 for 2019, the 2019 NFL draft. That's going to be uh, published on a few different websites. I'll get those websites to you next week because – we're not exactly sure the logistics of them and how who's gonna when it's gonna get posted on what website. Uh, but I'll let you guys know about that. Um, for now, follow me at Bengals Perspective on Twitter. Uh, Braden is at Bengals underscore NFL on Instagram. 
Um, that's all we got today, guys. Huda, thank you. Huda.